So, uh, we're continuing our series about what the kingdom of God's all about. Uh, and today we're going to think about um, justice and why that's important to God. Um, but uh, I'm going to give you one of the cheesiest ways of remembering uh, this sermon that I've ever given. And I'm going to apologize in advance for it. Uh, but it will be, hopefully, in your head, helping you to remember what this is about. Is that okay? So, so this is how we're going to remember it today. Uh, all you need is love. Do be do be dee do. Okay? What I want you to do is to look at your neighbor, please, and sing that to them in the Beatles style, if you know it. I think it's the Beatles song. All you need is love. Do be do be dee do. All you need is. Nigel, lead us. That's just a shake of the head. Um, okay. Um, we're going to come back to it in a minute, but we're going to do some work. But, but this is a bit of a challenge, and there's going to be a point at the end, if I remember, for anyone who can make the link from this to what I'm about to tell you. Okay. But do any of you watch those law and order programs on telly? Do any of you ever watch any of those kind of crime, law and ordery? Some of you are going, no, Paddy, I have a real job. That means I'm out of my house in the daytime. Um, but basically, if you haven't seen them, right... Uh, there's lots of these shows. There's like Law and Order New York, Law and Order Hollywood, Law, and, and they, they sort of show a crime, then they show the police kind of capturing the people, then they show the kind of court bit as well. That's what Law and Order does. And today's passage, in one sense, is a little bit like a little courtroom scene. Okay, and I'm going to try and show you that just to start with before we think uh, a bit more about justice. So uh, the people versus God. Okay, if you're ever in America, it's like the people versus Trump. Quite a lot at the moment, it seems. But um, uh, the people versus, and we're going to see this now. So here, I'm going to get you a little bit of homework together. Law and order Israel, ready? God has been slandered. That's when someone says something about you that's untrue and, and sort of defames you. That, that means it's, it's kind of unfair and, and it's not founded in reality and it's doing damage to who you are. Okay, so in this little passage, God has been slandered. The question you're going to ask is, what have the people been saying about him? You're going to have to try and infer it from the evidence. That means look at the evidence and see if you can figure it out. The second part, and I've given you a little clues here with the verses, one, two, three, four, six. The second part is that God offers a defense to the slander. He, he offers a defense to the thing that he's accused of doing. Okay, and if you haven't got a Bible near you, do grab one. We've got loads, or use your phone, BibleGateway.com, Micah 6. Okay, don't just sit there. Don't, so this is the bit where I need you to get into God's words, so do show them around. God defends himself, but what is his defense? Okay, so he's been accused of something. Okay, he's, he's, he's been sort of slandered, something bad. He defends himself in four to six. Okay, and then the people realize that their case against God is awful, and they try to settle Okay, in 6 and 7, they, they, they come to God and go, okay, yeah, we're going to settle. Our case is awful. Uh, but what's wrong with the offer that they, they offer? Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of time to do this. If you're not used to kind of getting into God's word yourself, and you are hoping for 20 minutes of napping, that's fine. Come next week. I'm not preaching. But um, <laughs> that's a joke, Anthony. I'm joking. Um, but what we want to try and do is train and equip all of us to get into God's word, to speak God's word. If we can do it here, we might do it more effectively outside. And also, you're only going to remember about 3 or 2% of what I say to you. If you figure out yourself, you'll remember maybe 6 or 7. So have a little chat together. Get a Bible near you if you haven't got some spares. Okay, Get kids and teens involved. This is like a puzzle-solving thing. God's been slandered. People have been saying stuff about him. What have the people been saying about him? God defends himself. What is his defense? 
Okay. Thirdly, the people try to settle. They say, yes, our case is rubbish. What's wrong with their offer? Do chat together if you're able. That would be great. I'm going to give you a good amount of time to this. I'm not going to rush you. Have a little chat. Thank you. Do gather in folk near you. If there's people looking lost, encourage them. Ask them if they want to help. Okay, get God's word out. Have a little look. Just a couple more minutes. Is anyone really stuck? Really stuck here? Yeah? yeah, it's fine. So, so let, let's just, we'll ask the room. And, and don't worry if you're stuck. Um, we're we're sort of working hard. Kind of thing. Does anyone think they know what the sort of slander is? What have the people been saying about God? Do you think you do, Zach? What, what do you think it is? Say it nice and loud. Yeah. So, so, so the slander is, in verse 3, it says, how have I burdened you? That's what God says to them. Okay, how have I burdened you? Okay, so the idea is that God's people have been going, God, you ask too much of us. God, it's not fair. We're doing all this stuff and you're doing not enough, God. Okay, now we might laugh at that, but I've been that person. God, I'm working hard for you. I'm a pastor, God. I could do with you just a bit more. Like, God, I could really do with a bit more gods. Just, just a bit more gods. It's not fair. I'm, I'm out here slogging my guts out, God. Like, I deserve it, God. Uh, some of you suddenly are going, yeah, me too, maybe. Uh, and, and sometimes that comes from a really heartbroken place. I know some of you might be saying, actually, I've had moments where I was praying and, and it just felt like God didn't turn up. So, so I want to be gentle about that as well. But the slander here is, and this for these people, God's, you're, you're asking too much of us, God. It's just too much. Worshipping you is too much, God. The things you're demanding of us, it's just too much. Right? That's, that's, does it make sense? That's verse 3. Okay. So hopefully that helps a little bit. Just, just for a, a, sort of a minute or two, have a little chat. What was his defense, though, in 46? So just last for a minute. Hopefully that helps if you're a bit stuck. You might be able to see. Now, don't worry if you don't know the history bit. You might be able to get a glimpse of what he was doing, those things. So just, just for a minute, and then we'll come back and talk. You're doing really well. Keep going. Okay, okay, well done. And, and if you were sat there going, I've got no clue, uh, don't worry, we, we love you, we're going to talk about it now, and hopefully it'll help. So, the accusation was God, you ask too much of us, God, it's not fair. Okay, uh, God's worshipping you sometimes is just a bit of a slog, God, uh, I'm doing my bit, you're not doing yours. Okay, and you know, as I said, I want to be gentle about some of that, some of that comes from a really heartbroken place, but, um, but God defends himself from the accusation that He's burdened them. What is his defense? What is his defense? Does anyone have any ideas? I'm looking towards the back of the room, especially near the fresh air at the back. Any ideas? What was his defense? So he just lists everything that he's done. You could, in fact, say that God's defense is, I've burdened you. But here are all the ways that I unburdened you. I unburdened you from slavery. I unburdened you from the threat of kings. I, I've unburdened you from, from natural disaster. I've unburdened you from, from all these things. I've burdened you. I'm the one that, that has unburdened you. Can I just say, and this is a sort of second bit for me, how quickly it is I forget what salvation was for me and how much sometimes I say to God, and God, I need a bit more. Just 
It's remarkable that God might answer any of our prayers. And in one sense, if God never did anything in your life directly, he would still be worthy of your praise and worship because he saved us as humanity. But the God of the universe steps in at moments. And if you've ever had even the tiniest sort of sense of a prayer answered or God speaking or God moving in any way, shape or form, how mind-blowing is that? And what's lovely about this, this isn't in Micah God going, how dare you? There's this loving kind of creation heart that says, listen, creation, listen, my people again, they're, they're broken heart and they're tired, but let me, let me remind them how good I've been in the past, how good their salvation has been. And I want to encourage us, those of us who forget it, you know, the gospel is not the starting point of Christianity. It's not where you go and then learn some more. The gospel is all of Christianity, that you were loved that you were saved, that you were restored and forgiven. And that, that, that we cry out to God for answer to prayer now as a glimpse of what's to come. But, but, but God defends himself by saying, I've unburdened you. I'm the one who unburdens you. Does that make sense? So they say, God, you burden us. And God goes, no, I've unburdened you. Here's, here's how I've done it. For us now, what would we add to the list? How much longer would our list be? God, you organized all of history so that at just the right moment, while we were still helpless, Christ died for the ungodly. God, you organized all of history so that at a time when there was a common language in the world, able to make the gospel spread, you came and brought people to write the story of God. God, you sent your Holy Spirit on the church so that we know we're not alone. How much longer is our list? Have you ever glimpsed God here in the room, just when we're kind of gathered or in grace reading? Like, God's with his people. How much longer is our list? Like, like there's a sense of going, oh, my people. So the people realize they've got no case. Their, their accusation was, God, you've burdened us. God's defense was, no, I unburdened you. And then they try and settle. That's the little bit where there's this bit about offerings, right? And it's really difficult to know what sort of tone to read it in. Is it a genuine tone? Is it, is it God's people running, going, what should I give you? Burnt offerings? Year-old calves? thousands of rams what is it like well what should we give you god burnt offerings year old calves thousands of rams all of my oil like it's it's hard to know and and sarcasm is tricky to read in hebrew but um that's a bible joke for those of you but uh i I wonder whether it's not quite right is it because god comes back but what was wrong with their settlement offer what do you guys think was wrong with the settlement offer yeah, Jess? It's just stuff. It's just stuff. It's just belongings. Yeah, yeah, Steve? Say again? It's more burdens. It's like, God, you want more burdens? Oh, I'll give you my burdens. I'll give you my stuff. Yeah. Yeah, anyone else? Yeah? It's what God had already given them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Anything here? They're trying to pay him off. God, I'll just do this. Me and you are good again. Like, anyone else there, Matt? Because there's a sense of a, 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 a mistrust in the relationship. There's a break, a, a sense of, is God really good? Yeah, anyone else here, Zach? really helpful. These were people who were quick to run after any God who would benefit them. 
And they were quick to sacrifice for, for any God. And there's a sense of God going, oh, you do that for everyone else as well. And, and I guess I'm really challenged, okay? The, the question I want to ask is, is a Christian what you do, or is it who you are? I know for me it used to be who I was. And sometimes I'm challenged in myself that it's become something I just do. And I forget that's not what it is. If, if when we get to heaven, God says, why should I let you in? If you answer, I've talked about this before. If you go, well, because I've, because I've prayed and because I've come to church and because I've done this, it's not the answer. It's not the answer. If, if you think, you, oh, because I'm pretty good, God. I'm way better than my neighbor. He's a jerk. <laughs> like, it's not that. The answer is, why should I let you in? Because you, because you died for me, because you love me, because you forgive me even when I don't deserve it. Because you put my feet back on a solid rock, God, because you want me here. If you are in the room thinking that being a Christian is being good enough to please God, that's not Christianity. God wants relationship. He doesn't want stuff. He doesn't want breaks in relationship. He doesn't want his stuff back. He's a, God is pleased to give it. He doesn't want anything else other than just loving relationship. Does that make sense? The, the, the mind-blowingly brutal bit is, do you get the glimpse at the end of what the people offer? Should we even give you the fruit of my womb, my, my loving one child? Should, should I give you my child, God? Would that restore relationship? Do, do you get that little glimpse? How remarkable is it that the thing that does restore relationship eventually is God giving his only son and saying, well, I'll give it. And it makes me think these people weren't serious. But God truly was. Does that make sense? Are you kind of with me? Okay. So let's just really quick go through this. Uh, Dan. God was slandered that he's placed unfair burdens on them. God defends himself. He's the one who removes burdens. The people try to set it's in the wrong currency. It's just stuff. And it's just more burdens. And they're committing more slander. Their slander was, God, you burden us. I'm going to pay you off by saying, here, God, more burdens. It's like, it's not how you win a court case, right? But what does God offer? Which is where we get to the really good bit. And I hope you're still with this. God does not want a specific type of offering. God wants a specific type of person. Specific type of person. Ready? Uh, Dan, if we go through this. Don't do B. Or, to link it back to where we started... Don't dooby dooby dee doo. Tenuous, wasn't it? Look at your neighbour and say, All you need is love. Dooby dooby dee doo. Uh, Dan, can we just go up to the top just quickly when I, I put that one on and then we'll come back to here? You're doing a great job, mate. Do, be, do, be, deeds, do. I often think this is where the Christian walk ends and often it's the point of this the fault of preachers because lots of our application is do this do this do this do this be be his i talked about it last week be his be confident in who he is be his like know who you are because of who he says you are be his don't be the crowds Don't be your past. Don't be the things that were said over you in a dark night that you can't just shake. Be his. Enjoy that. Enjoy the freedom of that. Enjoy the power of that. Be his. Uh, If we can go back to where we were. 
as we come to a finish, you guys are doing really well. You can't do justice. Okay, you can't do justice. I know he says, kind of, you can do kind things. You can do acts that seem fair. You can try and make things right between people, but justice is something that's in you. It's something you understand as a, as a thing that's in you, that, that God wants people after his own heart, which is that he's just. I can't do just. I can be just. Does that make sense? These are things that, that aren't things I do. You can't do mercy. You can't do mercy. You, 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 can, you can do forgiving and you can do kind of making things right. But, but mercy is a thing that, that's a thing in you. It's a thing that's in you. Are you with that? I know, like, it's not an act that you can do or not do. Like, be merciful. Have you ever seen someone trying to be humble who's not humble? Have you ever seen those people? Have you, have you seen those people who are trying to look humble and you're like, you are not humble. I'm so humble. Like, it's the worst, isn't it? When you see someone who knows that they should be humble, but they're proud and arrogant and they're trying really, you know what it's like. You can't do humble. You can't. So then we're stuck, aren't we? How do we, how do we do this thing that God says is good for us? I, I love this. Ready? That next one, thank you. These are not character traits to develop. They're the natural byproducts of being with Jesus. These are not character traits to develop. They're the natural byproducts. When we see how magnificent he is, it humbles us. When we see how merciful he is to us, we might suddenly think, my goodness, how can I not pass this on? When we see how perfectly he handles justice and how important that is and how his justice was not the justice of the world but looked out for the last, the least and the lost, maybe we're challenged in our world where justice seems to be given to those who can afford it. And that it matters more who your lawyer is than what your case is. And that we would speak up for those who can't, these are not character traits to develop, they're the natural byproducts of Jesus. Of being with God. Dan, here we go. Last slide. Thank you, I think. Tim Keller said this. The Christian gospel is that I'm so flawed that Jesus had to die for me. Yet I'm so loved and valued that Jesus was glad to die for me. This leads to deep humility and deep confidence at the same time. It undermines both swaggering and sniveling. I cannot feel superior to anyone. And yet I have nothing to prove to anyone. For those of us, and I've talked about this a lot who feel like we have imposter syndrome and that at any point you're going to see through me. I hope you see through me. And you see Jesus? I hope you see through me. And if you come here because of me, you're in the wrong church. I will fail you at some point. I failed seven of you last week by cancelling meetings I had because I was running around doing other things. But see through me. See Jesus. See through yourself and see Jesus. Like, does that make sense to you with me? Like, life is for an audience of one. And he, he starts in love with you. It's far simpler when we do life that way. And so, here we go. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy. And how do that? We walk humbly with our God. 
We walk with him. I want to challenge a number of us. Many of us have forgotten that what God wants from us is just to walk with him in daily life. That's what he wants. He wants to to be close to you in everything. He wants to hear your anger and your disappointment. He wants to... What I love about this passage, he doesn't shout at his people. His people come with a complaint and God goes, I hear it, I'm going to remind you who I am. And I hear your pain, walk with me. Walk with me. How glorious is that? The God of all the universe says, walk with me. Walk with me. Walk with me. 